The following podcast has won the Friday Night Wars. Let's go! <laughs> Huge thing from the first dance. The biggest rampage draw in the history of that show. Uh, the matches, he carried the Friday Night War, which, by the way, is a matter of record in fucking court in the state of California <laughs> that we won the Friday Night War. Just as he fucking wrote it. Hey. This guy won it versus Matt Seidel, who's a great wrestler. He had another goddamn great match on right. Friday night. This fucking guy, he fucking did the Friday Night War. He did the first dance. He's done the record double or nothing. He did the record all out in his debut. He did. A, he was a big part of a record full gear. Great match with Eddie Kingston and fucking bunch of. He wrestled a bunch of young guys, a bunch of veterans in between there. The Will Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, goddamn it. And then he showed up, uh, did the biggest program. In terms of everything, TV, box, ever with MJF. And then he gives the goddamn main event here. He's the biggest part of financial success in Let's the history of this company. Go. Let's fucking go. I'm just fucking ready to run through a wall, man. Let's fucking I, go. <laughs> I've watched that thing about a dozen times so far. Man, I can't so, stop. Yeah, I'm so ready because... Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Wrestling World Order Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. And what a what better way than to break um, or to announce our 50th episode than to uh, uh, play that lovely audio clip of one of our favorite people in wrestling right now, the young master Tony Khan. Dear Just God. amazing, Tony. Just <laughs> amazing. I mean, he's sound. It sounded like uh, I was talking with Scott about this. It sounded like like some of us in college, like post bar, like having some inane conversation where like every other word was like an f bomb. Like at three in the morning, it, <laughs> it just it was off the rails. Yes, yes, it certainly was. But man, uh, maybe rails is a good uh, choice of word. There yes, too. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so our fiftieth episode. Uh, I didn't know that we would ever make it this far, but I'm happy that we we have. Um, it's quite the uh, quite the monumental episode. Uh, we want to thank everybody that's been on the podcast previously um, and uh, all of our subscribers and people that are listening to the episodes uh, and all of our Facebook followers, yeah, <laughs> whoever you are. Bots from, uh, you know, yeah. wherever you may come from. Yeah. We appreciate all of you. Yes. Uh, so this week, uh, oh, by the way, uh, check out all of our social media and all that good stuff. And, you know, uh, the WWO pod Facebook page, you can get the episodes right from there. Uh, your favorite podcast apps, all that good shit, you know, just look for it. WWO pod um, or Wrestling World Order, if you want to type extra letters. Uh, so, yeah, this week we're going to talk uh AEW's double or nothing uh, pay-per-view. It was this past Sunday. Uh, we, we've had a couple days to chew on it, uh, see some of the aftermath of what occurred. 
Uh, thank God it was the day before Memorial Day because this was one long pay-per-view. Yes. And what was crazy is that clip that you showed, right? You know, it's from like their post-show media scrum that they do. Do you know how long that media scrum was? No. It's on YouTube. It's over two hours long. Jesus. <laughs> like the show ended like, well, I mean, they were in Vegas. So it ended right. what? Like. What? I eight mean, or nine o'clock like, their time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're Pacific time or uh, mountain, but. Because um, I thought it, it ended like, I mean, like around what? 1230 Eastern. Yeah. 1240 Eastern. Yeah, which would be maybe either 9.30 or 10.30 their time, depending on yeah. what, what time zone they're in. Uh, but, yeah, there was another two hours of that uh, on YouTube that they uh, that apparently you could watch if you wanted to. Like, not wrestling, but like just like them talking to the media. Yeah, I saw uh, one other clip, though, where uh, he um, – God, I'm trying to think of what was uh, – what was asked of him, but he starts to basically um, go go through a bunch of what's been co uh, come to call the uh, Steiner math, um, hmm. and spout off a whole bunch of statistics, and it sort of kind of answers the question, but not really. But it's just all this circular talking, and dude does not blink for a solid like minute and a half or two it is it is a sight to see now that's impressive i <laughs> i i really uh, like i i cannot wait like i mean you know i'm sure the card will be good we'll see some good matches and all of that um when we're going to see aew on july 6th uh, but I really am looking forward to if we get like another Tony Khan, like wild, like promo thing. We were humored by like him when we saw him in what September, yeah, um, of the uh, last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing if he comes out and cuts even like half of what he did. I hope he does. I mean, otherwise, um. I'm like a little uh, disappointed if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I mean this card was this card was stacked. I mean there was a lot a lot of content to get through. Of course they did their buy-in event and or uh, pre-show basically. They yeah. had one match on that which was um, it was uh, Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, it was Smart Mark Sterling teaming up with Tony Nice, the premier mm -hmm. athlete, versus Danhausen and Hook, aka Hookhausen. It it was what it was. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. It was just kind of, you know, just like a little bit of like a kickoff kind of thing. I mean, you got a comedy wrestler and a manager in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what are you expecting, I guess? Right, exactly. So, yeah, I... 
I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see again. Where does it go between Hook and Danhausen? I mean, they're they're fans. Uh, the the general fan base seems to really be into it. I I still really don't know what to make of uh, of Danhausen. I mean, I get he's a comedy wrestler, but he's you know putting curses on people. It's just uh, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, I don't know how long they'll keep Hook. Uh, kind of saddled in that. I hope it was just kind of like a like a, a quick or quick thing, or maybe a one off, and he'll move on. Maybe contend for like the TNT. Uh, maybe he'll contend for the uh, TNT title or or something of that ilk. You know, like just yeah. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to continue to be involved in something like that. No, no, I. <sighs> I I get that. I mean, the the crowd likes him. I mean, I, I I'm talking about Hook now, um, and, and I th- I mean, he looks good and everything, um, but we still really haven't seen him in a lengthier match. It's not saying he has to go out there and put on some, you know, like Kenny Omega forty five minute hour, you know barn burner or whatever uh, of a match. But I mean, we haven't seen him in much more than stuff that's gone on about five minutes. Right. And, and, and primarily either squashes or, or something of extended squashes. So I, I kind of wonder, I mean, is some of that sort of protecting him a bit? Like we, we don't know really what this guy is is like when you put him in a position of like a longer, a longer match and he's young. I mean, what is he? He's like 22. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, obviously there's enough, there's enough of that room to grow. Uh, but yeah. And I think we've said this before about him. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if he, you know, if he's ready, uh, for that or not, I can't, I can't tell. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I do want to see a little bit more. And I mean, they finally had him like talk, mm-hmm. um, and at least I mean, it wasn't embarrassing, or his voice wasn't like high pitched or anything. At least it kind of matched up to like his pre- otherwise his presentation. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, uh, hopefully he's on to bigger and better things. I yeah, mean, that's the, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, maybe some more seasoning. Uh, some more, you know, you know, time will, uh, help, but yeah, I, I, I hope it's not like a continuation, like they do it like a chase for the tag team titles or some such shit like that. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope that's pretty much it. You know, the next match up, um, but before we get to the match, I think we should talk a bit about the build, uh, for the, the next match and it was the kickoff to the main pay-per-view card yeah and some of the stuff that kind of came in uh over the weekend leading into uh the event uh with this one so uh mjf against wardlow yeah i mean we're talking about the mjf and wardlow match and i i think before we get to the match itself we should talk about the build um yeah. I think one of the things, 
one of the things about this is, and I know a lot of people really like MJF, but I feel like a lot of the programs he's been in have been very similar. Yeah, they have similar steps to kind of get to the match that um, ultimately happens. I, I, I think we talked about this off pod and I've talked about it with other people who maybe thought it was a little different with this one, but I mean, I see similar paces with it. Yeah. Uh, maybe different than the, like different than the punk one, but uh, very, very similar to even certain elements of it to the program with Cody and then with Jericho. Yeah, the labors of Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even down to, I mean, think about the Cody thing. Cody had to take 10 lashes. And funny enough, who did Cody face in a cage match? Wardlow. Yeah. Um, and then the labors of Jericho. I mean, we had to sit through uh, um, him in a kind of a slow-mo match against Juventud Guerrera. And then... Uh, kind of garbage match between uh, him and uh, Nick Gage. I couldn't even um, remember the guy's name, but yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, I think the Nick Gage thing was the most entertaining thing about the labors of Jericho. I mean, probably the most entertaining thing was the fact that the pizza cutter uh, thing got broken. Uh, the pizza cutter got broken out right as the Domino's ad uh, was airing. True. I mean. True, but I mean. I, I I think that I mean, and we discussed this on a previous episode that it, it they they had like such big moments in that match and really did so much in that match that everything else after it kind of paled. Yeah, but uh, well, we had already discussed that before. But yeah, yeah. I, I I I felt like this kind of suffered from that a little bit. That it was very. I was like, man, can this guy do anything else? I, I get I get his character. He's kind of like a slime ball and he ducks and dives away from people. And you know, that, that's kind of what works for him. But geez, this is like like the same story over and over again. Can we just kind of mix it up a little bit? Yeah, vary it up a little bit. I mean, that was the issue with, I mean, really not having like the the group um pinnacle like maintain as a group even at this point because i mean if you think of other points that like say like you know like with the horsemen is a good example and people broke away from from the group kind of like the there there was still the group there to kind of support like flair in that sense so like whether it was like you know, Luger or, or hell, even Oli before that, or Sting breaking away, you know, it still had that, like th there were some similarities between that, but you know, there, there was, they didn't really do anything with the group. Uh, FTRs broken off into more of a face act at this point. And really you just had uh, Spears kind of as uh, MJF's flunky. So, yeah. I mean, there there wasn't anything that they could even necessarily do with that and say like, okay, we're going to change it up a little bit. And for this storyline, well, you know, 
MJF is going to be su- uh, supported and surrounded by the rest of the pinnacle. And they were going to like take, try to take out Wardlow, um, you know, which you could do a lot with that. Um, you know, if you, if you have like a uh, heel faction, you know, or even more, a little bit closer to present, you know, like uh, evolution, you know, like Randy Orton breaking out from that, you know, yeah. uh, there were still the other three guys, um, mm-hmm. or three guys to, you know, kind of give him, give him trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it, it's weird because it's simultaneously while there was like some similar paces to it, it was also like the best build. Um, I think of, I would argue this entire show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it had the, it had the longest, the longest build. It felt natural. Wardlow is very over with the crowd. I mean, he's an impressive looking dude. And I think very marketable. And I, I mean, uh, again, I mean, they, they've, they've done a good job with, getting the crowd outside of like in Long Island, um, getting their crowd to really get behind Wardlow and having a great heel to like that the fans just want to see him get his hands on him. So in that way, yes, they did a great job building this. AEW did a fantastic job with this, but it's just those similar paces that I, I think we're on the same page here. Then I'd like to see a little variation, maybe. Well, I mean, I guess we'll get into, uh, we, you know, where things are with MJF. Another, if another program with him, I'd I'd like to see like something different. So, I mean, that brings us, and we'll, we'll talk about like some of the. I, I think it'll just come naturally, but um, we'll 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 talk more about MJF and some of the things that have happened or what we know or what we don't know, or I, I, I mean, cause there's, there, there's so much out there and who knows what the truth is right at this point. So the match itself was in some ways a little shocking, but in other ways, not really. I felt like um, it made, it made a lot of sense to have just in, in some ways to have Wardlow just absolutely decimate him. It, it played into the character that they built with Wardlow that, I mean, he's just a monster and nobody's touching him. I mean, it stands to reason like, you know, like if a guy like uh, uh big Cass can't touch him, then how the hell is MJF going to touch him? Yeah. In, I, in a lot of I respect. See that. I, and that's what I've seen. Like, I mean, some people say I would have liked something a little bit more competitive. I felt like yeah. I mean, it was, a bit I I would have too. Gosh. Yeah, I would have too. But I think I think the the it, it was okay as what it was. But I would have liked to have seen a little bit more competition. I mean, they could have really had MJF heal heal it up and you know gain some advantages that way. But given the circumstances of maybe some things that happened, which we're still not really clear on as far as his status with AEW and uh, some of that other stuff that's gone on. And I'm, I'm kind of speaking vaguely because we really don't know for certain what the situation is. 
it, yeah. it's really strange. Like you hear a lot of these new, like these wrestling websites, you know, put out news reports about him not being happy and wanting more money and almost flying home the night before all the shit. And it's like, okay, but no one, everybody's speaking kind of like in like gray. The, yeah. On it. So like, I, I, I think if, if there, there's any shred of truth, uh, to what's going on, that may be why we got what we got. Out yeah, of the, the match. That yeah, it's. A, I mean, I I tend not to like totally trust what I mean the news sites say, and if I use the word news like loosely. Um, it just I, I mean, no matter who the reporter is, whether it's you know Meltzer, or it's uh, somebody else, or this uh, Sean Ross Sap guy that uh, you know I hear you know hear about like. Because these are these are also like sites and things that we're like saying. Well, Cody uh, is you know possibly uh, they were sort of planting seeds of doubt to him like leaving and uh, and saying, oh well, Cody you know could be uh, still working for AEW in another capacity or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I tend not to trust that, and I'm like, you know, um, I. I mean, I, I still have my bit of speculation about just how much and uh, reliability, uh, you know, uh, the these news sites have. I, you know, I think I think some of them, uh, you know, especially like someone like Meltzer, probably, you know, there, there's there's some level of I think payoff here, but uh, I I think that, um, you know, it's very possible. That some of this, like these, these things, these news stories, or the stuff about MJF, like getting a plane ticket and you know maybe not boarding or boarding it at first or whatever, that some of those things were put out there. Like they they were like, okay, let's drop this for news to get a sense of intrigue into the pay per view. The timing of it is convenient. All of this timing stuff. Um, I I'm not so certain that they're not like uh, quote unquote working. Uh, the audience, yeah. I, I I'm not fully convinced of it. Now down the down the road a bit, you know, and uh, because I mean it, it it plays into that heel character. You know, he's uh he's on the air planting those seeds, um, and, and you know they like to talk about like uh, AEW giving like uh, freedom on promos and stuff. Um, which that you know they do, uh, but ultimately, end of the day, there's been instances where Tony Khan is like clearly had influence on what people are saying, and if MJF is referencing like signing with WWE, I got to imagine that's that stuff like it or not that's getting approved um, for him to say. So I, that that kind of thing, and then this, I I think they're you know they're plant trying to plant those seeds of doubt about MJF staying. And, and I could see them like keeping the guy off TV for a bit and having people further speculate. And then maybe, you know, he shows up uh, at a surprise moment or something and, and, and something big happens with, you know, with him. So I'm not fully convinced of it. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were we were talking the other night about this, and it's like, and our, our buddy Matt was over watching the pay per view with us, and he kind of agreed. Is if all if he's doing all of this stuff, right? Like MJF and um, kind of being unprofessional in a lot of ways. Do you really think WWE is going to look at that and not? like chain this guy down if they sign him and if he doesn't and if he doesn't uh comply or work within their parameters he ain't gonna last long they don't stand for that shit there i mean i don't know what kind of i don't know i don't know how tony khan is but i mean we've seen over the years mcmahon and the people there at wwe just don't stand for Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> for for better or worse, they don't. Um, and uh and I said it, if it is legit, I you know, I I will say that I think it's as you know, it's as uh unprofessional as uh you know, I think what Jeff Hardy did, or um, I think what you know uh, Naomi, Naomi and Sasha did. I mean, I, I just I I view it in a sense of like you know you're working for somebody or you know you're breach a contract, like it's you know it's unprofessional in a way, mm-hmm. and uh, if if it's legitimate, um, there's just too much that I kind of think that it's not, but. Um, I mean, I, I guess here you go. It's got people talking. Um, and even to that end about WWE signing him, I saw something else today uh, suggesting, I didn't read the full article. It was just kind of the headline or whatever. Uh, but suggesting that, you know, McMahon and the WWE may still be interested in him beyond this. Um. But I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he does have to realize the kind of uh, some of the constraints that might be placed on him uh, if he were to sign with WWE. I mean, he could be burning bridges elsewhere before he's even left the company he's currently with. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I gotta think maybe they have an eye on him. and I mean, you know, who signed there? I mean, I think we said it before. Cody's there. Um, he was kind of a you know a Cody guy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there there could be a lot to it, but I mean, it's definitely again what whatever the situation is, it's got people talking about it. Yeah, and he's kind of at the center of it. Right. Right. Um, so. So next next up, I mean, I think we've kind of uh, run the yeah. course with that yeah. conversation. We'll well, see I mean, what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens with Wardlow and MJF, or well, with MJF, and then we'll see what happens, you know, with Wardlow. Well, Where what what's his next move? You know, well, I think I think you definitely see him moving up the card even further, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and they and they, you know, kind of wrote him off. Uh, is seemingly off TV. I mean, he got power bombed so much that he started to breathe through his eyes. So, you know, and the man, uh, oh, that was the best thing. Is, <laughs> the, the oxygen, oxygen mask, mask was over his, uh, what nose and eyes. Yes, they put it on backwards. 
I think it was purposely done, like just like as a comedy spot. I think it was. I don't know. I. I don't know. I. That's there are no things botchy in this uh, show that I. <laughs> I could see it being. Uh, I, I, I could yeah, see it being legit. I, I think it was a comedy spot. I'm giving him the benefit on this one. It was uh, it was pretty ridiculous either way, whether it was or wasn't. Yeah. It kind of looked ridiculous. Uh, completely. But uh all right. So next up we had uh, the elite versus team delete, the uh young bucks uh versus um the Hardy Brothers. Yeah. Uh, this was brutal. <laughs> I got to say, I mean, as much flack as you give the Bucks, they did a lot to try and carry this match. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will give them some kudos here. I think they tried to work through it. Um, they even tried to slow down at points. Um, yeah, I, I saw somebody else say that too. But I think that it was just so like there was just parts that looked ugly. I I even thought it looked it 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 was almost uncomfortable at points to watch. Like I am like there just seems to be something wrong. Even at a point where Jeff was lying in the corner, yeah, there were points. I mean there him and Nat are just kind of hobbling around. Um, There was a spot where Jeff was going to go up on the top turnbuckle, like back, I think to do the whisper in the wind. And he was struggling. I know the boot, like the back of the boot, like uh, there was an issue with it, but even beyond that, it, it, he was just looking off. Um, the, the style of boot that he had, um, just by looking at it, it almost kind of reminds me in a way of, um, like how like downhill ski boots are where they kind of clasp and then tighten and give you a ton of ankle support. That's kind of what those boots look like to me when you compared it to the one that was, um, actually still fastened, that that boot kind of rather than have laces in the front, like a lot of like if, if you look at FTR's boots because they're very old school, like yeah. gear wise, um, his kind of look like they tightened around the back of the uh ankle, like at where like the Achilles would be. Yeah, now, um, yeah, that part that part was kind of concerning, but the part that really concerned me, and I thought that they might actually end the match. Uh, just based on what I was seeing in the ring and how the young bucks were reacting to what was going on in the ring was the the thing you mentioned just a little bit ago uh, when he was kind of slouched in the corner of of the actual ring. He wasn't he wasn't on the apron like um, waiting for a tag. He was literally kind of leaning up against the corner of um, in the corner of the ring and. He was, and I get selling, but he looked like he was legitimately having trouble, like, attempting to get up. Like, and not, like, from, like, an acting, like, oh, I'm hurt kind of thing. 
this looked like real like he was having yeah. a lot of trouble and i'm just watching it just going oh man that this like guy is uncomfortable yeah and i don't and i don't know i mean this isn't like a wwe fanboy thing that i'm about to say but I'm just going to say, like, I think even within, like, the time when they came back in, like, what, 2017, they looked better. And I get that's a few years now, but even, like, Jeff's last run here in WWE, like, even, like, last year, I I don't know if it's the WWE production, um, but also, I mean, we got to be realistic, too about the style of match that he's had, that Jeff has had, and Matt now has had in AEW as compared to the style of match that he they were having in WWE. Um, yeah, that comeback match in 2017 was a ladder match and there were some crazy spots. But if we take a look at like what they've done since they've reunited and there's dives off of, you know, balconies and there's the... Darby dive on the yeah. Jeff uh, through those chairs, and there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Like it, the dive that he did, uh, the swanton that he did in this match that he hit uh, on this on the ring steps. Uh, that he that Darby moved out of the way of. Yeah, uh, in their match. Um, How I was going to say swanton I, now, like yeah. he lands full fledged on these guys. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I mean, I even remember reading back um, a year or two ago, uh, a, an article about him and how much pain he is. And that was when he was still in WWE and how, when he was backstage, like at their events, he could barely move, and then he, he he basically would like flip a switch when the music would hit. Yeah, and, and then he'd come back through the curtain and just be hobbling around with a lot of issues. I've been I've been saying this for a bit now, maybe not on the podcast, but I know discussions we've had. The guy either needs to change the style that he's using or retire, because I, I fear for his health. I really do. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic here. I really do fear for what he's doing to himself. It's not worth it. It yeah. really is and not. And they're both, I mean, in in a sense, young. Like, I think Jeff is 44. Yeah. And Matt is 47, I think we said. Like, and, and yeah, I, under, I get, like, I uh, you know, and that's why I kind of uh, – you know, qualified it with like sort of the style of matches he was having. I, I get, you know, I mean, this is, you know, even in WWE or whatever, people want to talk like a, a safer, softer style or whatever, but it's, it's, it's not ballet. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it still hurts. Um, even, you know, in WWE, but I think some of that, like that style of match probably helped to prolong some things. I don't think this is doing him any favors whatsoever nope. uh, for like acting like it's 2001, 2000, 2002 
and doing some of the stuff yeah. that they're doing. I mean, you look at some of the guys that have come back and the way they've changed up things that they do. And granted, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Sting. Uh, I mean, it's fairly remarkable that he's come back and done what he's done. There have been a, a couple of times, and when he did it, I went, "Oh, he really shouldn't be doing that." Yeah, like he did. He did like a dive off a balcony or whatever, and then he's done a couple like that. And but other than that, a lot of what he does is really safe and simple. Yeah, and that he's able to get back in the ring at his age now and do what he's doing is pretty amazing. And I know he's gone through a lot of training and stuff to do that. And it's pretty remarkable. Well, you look but, at guys maybe in comparable age, like edge and Christian. I was going to, those were going to be the next two on my list. Yeah. And I mean, those guys came back from injuries that they were not supposed to wrestle anymore. They came back from those injuries and they weren't supposed to wrestle anymore because of those injuries. Mm -hmm. And they've changed up what they do and how they do it. And you can see it. Hell, I mean, Christian, I mean, right now, he isn't even wrestling that much. No. And when he does, it, a lot of times it's in like multi-person matches and things of that ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another story altogether about that. But, uh, well, but I mean, it, it, but it, it's it, not putting it as much of a toll on, on him. What's that? Well, yeah, no, I mean, that helps to keep him safe. And, like, I mean, there's less pressure on him. I, I get yeah. that. Um, I just, um, I, I mean, I just, uh, I have, uh, and hopefully they're going to go somewhere with it soon of, like, turning him heel against this because I don't think he should be playing manager to Jungle Express. I don't I don't get the connection, and it looks just out of place. Um, right. I mean, it, um, it, it, yeah. Yeah, but, the other one I was going to mention was Brian Danielson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. I'd argue, I mean, like in terms of shape, like like how like how he looks, like just even like muscular-wise, like he looks in fantastic shape. He's done a lot of things. He's changed up a lot of things that he was doing. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, even when he first came back to WWE, you could tell he was he was being a bit safer out there and, yeah. and doing yeah. he removed a lot of things from his repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it, the issue I see, smart, with, you know, in that sense yeah. uh, to do that. But, but that's the issue I see with Jeff Hardy is he really hasn't, and he's taking even more risks. And dude, I, I I've enjoyed watching him over the years. Um, I, I've enjoyed the Hardys over the years. Uh, some of the some of the gimmicks I'm a little about, but I've enjoyed overall their careers as a whole. But man, some of the stuff they're doing. Now I just it's like come on Jeff you gotta be you gotta be better than that you got I mean I know the money's there but you can't keep doing this to yourself yeah and we focused a lot on Jeff here but Matt also is having a tough time getting around and that's visible it's noticeable yeah. Jeff yeah. is more the high risk daredevil kind of dive type but you know uh, again. Like it, Matt is also not, you know, he's a little older uh, than Jeff and you can just, it's visible. He's having a hard time. I mean, walking down to the ring, it's, it's noticeable. So I, 
I I do question for both of those guys. I'd hate to see them, you know, in in some you know crippled state or something. Um, it, it just because I mean they want to keep trying to do this stuff that they viewed like, well, this is what we do. We were held back, and this is how we want to do things. And you know, I almost fear like uh, them like. Uh, going forward and doing prolonging this uh, uh, Young Bucks feud and like saying, well, let's do a TLC next. Oof. Like, I mean, if, if this match at double or nothing wasn't like proof or enough like justification that they should be, you know, packing it in or changing their style or whatever, then I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, they'll, they'll never like not be, you know, popular. They'll always, you know, have a, get a great reaction from the crowd. Um, but it, this, I mean, it, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. One uh, of the, maybe one of the saving graces as far as that goes. Uh, and, um, it, you know, it, we, may talk a little bit about it, but coming up in another month is the uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view, the uh, collaboration pay-per-view with uh, New Japan. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bucks are already kind of signed to a match on that. Um, I, I think with like the Elite uh, versus, uh, you know, New Japan All-Stars or whatever the hell they're calling them. Maybe the Bullet Club, I think it uh, is. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I so I, I think that's, I think that's what it is. It's like a 10 man match. So, I mean, that might do the Hardy some favors that, that return bout isn't going to happen at the next big event, but hopefully yeah. they don't schedule that for like next week. You know, I, I, right, I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's only like, I mean, you know, speculating, spitballing, kind of like, just like what I, I don't want to necessarily see, but I could see them like just saying, well, okay, well, we you know, need to do this or what. Yeah. I I mean, it, I, I just, yeah, again, I, I, I we don't need to keep beating this, uh, you know, dead horse, but like, I, I just would hate to keep seeing this. Um, cause there'd be beyond that point of like doing this kind of stuff. Um, and it was, it was evident on Sunday. So, uh, we want to move into the next one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the next matchup was, uh, for the TBS women's championship, uh, champion Jade Cargill versus Anna J. It's, I mean, it was kind of what I expected it to be. Uh, basically a, a bit of a squash match. A um, little, a bit. I, this one was ugly too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like I, I think you maybe mentioned it that, I mean, uh, Jade is still really green. Um, she, she's impressive. Like, uh, athletically. Yeah. Stature wise. She's impressive. Um, you know, she looks good. She carries herself well. Um, she, you know, she uh, an impressive physical specimen, if you want to use that uh, that kind of term. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if that's acceptable these days. But, uh, like, I mean, she's very, you know, impressive looking. And and I think, uh, you know, she has a, a charisma. But the issue here for this one is I think both her and, I mean, this was very much one of those storyline kind of things that there wasn't a storyline, really. I mean, there was Anna Jay coming out, uh, taking the crutch from Smart Mark. And that set up the match, I think, as far as what I know. Unless Pretty much, yeah. YouTube, or there was something on a, no. a vlog somewhere. Um, I, I don't know of anything else. So th- there wasn't really much of a feud, per se. And Anna Jay, I, it, I don't recall or know of anything like in terms of like her work. Um, or can't remember anything, but it was pretty clear that like, you know, she's on the green side and I mean, both, there was just so many of them. I mean, there was like miscues and just moves that looked off. There was a Man. point in this match that like, um, Anna Jay was like in one corner and Jade started to go like up to the top rope and then like then backed off and like went back in the ring and then went over to Anna Jay. So there was like, clearly it looked like some sort of miscommunication or something, or, you know, if they practiced the match before they didn't remember what, like what step to take or what, where, who was supposed to be where or what, what have you, there was just a a lot of that kind of thing. Um, I mean, Anna Jay, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, she was uh, part of the Dark Order or was, and I don't know, I don't know what her status is with the Dark Order at this point, but I mean, she famously was kind of with the team with, uh, she was teamed up with Ty Conti for quite a bit. And they were kind of like the best besties, you know, like, I don't want to say best friends because that's another team. Yeah. But she was kind of like the, they were kind of like besties, and they would team up a lot together, or help each other. You know, like if one of them got attacked or whatever, and that kind of went away when Ty kind of um, changed over to being with Sammy. You know, yeah. not only in real life, but you know, in right the context screen. of the show. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she was kind of kind of floating out there. You know not really being used all that much from what I could tell like the last few months. Uh, so this was a means to bring her back, but it was kind of like a, like you said, it was very quickly thrown together. And uh, I think the only thing that it uh, brought out was, well, there was two debuts that occurred uh, at the end of this match. Uh, one was, <laughs> Uh, uh, seemingly a new manager for um, for uh, Jade Cargill and mm-hmm. the baddies, uh, formerly uh, Malcolm Bivens in WWE NXT, the uh, what he went by on in the indies, Stokely Hathaway, yeah, which. It, it's it's something that you like. It, I kind of laugh at because it's something that you you often say occurs, and it was proof positive of it. Is when he came out and 
they they announced his name, and I think Matt recognized who it was, but um, uh, they they said his name, and both of you were like, "Who?" And like I I recognized him when he came out. I mean, I'm not fully caught up on NXT, but like, but the name like, was weird. I know the guy. It was more the name, and I was like, "What the hell did they call him?" And yeah. I uh, I. I said, uh, I was like, I, I didn't even pick it up. And I was like, I don't know what the hell they said. It could, I, I think I said it was like Shasta McCuffin stuff or something. Right, right. And I'm like, I, you know, so they, uh, you know, again, I mean, they, they, they like brought somebody out and, you know, it, yeah, there's probably, there's, uh, you know, crossover audience between NXT and AEW, even at this point with NXT being where it is, mm-hmm. um, there's still crossover audience. Um, but I, you know, I, I just, I uh, just found it funny cause it was like that quick thing. Um, yeah. And then it was so, almost like confusing cause like he came out and then like what? almost immediately afterwards. Yeah. Uh, the former Ember Moon, uh, using an, an indie name, uh, Athena came mm-hmm. out. And, uh, you know, she's impressive and she's got a great look and everything like that. And she got a decent pop and everything. And it was good. And, uh, I mean, Stokely aligned himself with, uh, uh, with Jade and like Athena kind of stopped short and was kind of glaring them down across the ring. So she was kind of aligning herself against jade and stokely and the baddies so yeah i mean kind of like one of or two of the three debuts that occurred uh the other night happened at the end of this match yeah and i mean invariably it looks like you're probably going to get a six women match between uh like chris statlander um, Anna Jay and Athena versus uh, the baddies. Uh, yeah, Jade and Red Velvet and... And the other one that I can't remember her name. I can't remember either. I'm, I'm sorry, A.W. Marks, I can't remember her name. Um, it's just like kind of cramming as much in as yeah. possible, you know? It's... it it. I mean, they had like a good good reaction with it. Say, like when uh, what back last year when Adam Cole debuted, and then Brian Danielson did. So that I mean, I'm not saying that that this anywhere was close to that, and it, it's not. But like that, that was an instance where that kind of worked for them. This to me was just like. Okay, let's you know shove you out the out uh, the to the uh, the aisle way there and make your way down to the ring for like the tail end of the segment because um, yeah. we need to premiere both of you. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I I, I have to say at this point we're about an hour into this thing. I, I was looking at it just going oof this has been like not good so far yeah not including the buy-in but like i'm not going to include that in i'm talking like from the opening of the pay-per-view the first match the Wardlow and mjf 
and then the Bucks and Hardys, and then this, and I was just like, oof, that it, really rough opening three matches. You could kind of feel it by like the way the crowd was reacting. They weren't really into um, any of no. the matches. They didn't seem really involved at all. And you would think for, I mean, not not being Chicago, but being probably a an event that's like a destination event because it was taking place in Las Vegas, that a, a large amount of that crowd would be really like hot for the whole night. And they weren't. I don't know if the opening the opening um, couple matches took them really out of it or what, but I didn't really get a good feel for the crowd at all. Like, like a good feel. Like I don't feel like they were in it at all. Not entirely. I mean, I thought that they were into Warlow. I I personally I was very iffy on that. Like we talked about, I still am. But I'd agree. I think especially with those uh, those two last two matches we just talked about, that mm-hmm. like sapped the energy out of the room. Now it would improve as we go through the night. But as I as I kind of thought here um, about it, and I, I like even on that night, I <laughs> I you know. I, I texted our friend Scott and I was like, I was just like, hey, not a spoiler, but this first uh, hour, <laughs> I said, in a word, rough. And it, it just, it just was. I mean, there was just yeah. some, like, I mean, in a two in a row were just like bad, bad matches. And one, I mean, you could argue, okay, a squash. And I'm sure some people there wanted to see more competitive match. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can you can have a chicken heel kind of work and cheat his way, not to, to you know, delve back into that match. You can have a chicken heel work his way around, poke him in the eyes, do things, you know, that are dirty to get around a monster uh, face. But, I yeah, I feel like this first hour kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths uh, as we kind of went into this. Uh, but luckily, some things kind of improved and as we went along. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the next match kind of uh, let led into that really. Um, so you had um, the House of Black uh, versus uh, Death Triangle. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was a this was a good like it, it kind of picked the crowd up a little bit. Um, it, it just it, it felt like a good one, like a, the, the good competition between the the six guys in the match, uh, and uh, I, nothing nothing really like that's stuck out to me as far as it like not being good. Like these guys, I would expect to have a good match, and it was it was good. I was all right with it. Um, I mean, I had more of that, like, kind of, I because uh, I think our favorite ref, or second favorite ref, Rick Knox, was uh, in it. So I sort of knew, like, okay, it's multi-man match. Rick Knox is the ref. The Lucha Brothers are in this. I know what I'm going to be getting. Sure. Um, yep. There were a couple things in there that were, like, uh, there was a pretty 
bad looking flip dive uh, from uh, Brody King uh, to the outside. Yeah. Um, where yeah. I mean, his back hit the ring apron. There was something where for <laughs> Phoenix uh, was supposed to like, I think there was like a, like a DDT to the outside. Like Penta was holding one guy. And like, I think like, Phoenix was supposed to like land with his feet on the back of like the opponent and like completely missed him. Um, so there was stuff like that. I will agree though. I mean, this picked the crowd back up. I mean, if there was something that like, was good about this, I feel like the fans kind of like this livened things up uh, a bit for them. They, uh, you know, it came off that first hour kind of like what the hell and then yeah. we were able to get back into it um i think through some of like the exciting kind of uh stuff that, that you would expect from the people in this match yeah. um we did finally get the uh julia hart uh uh joining the uh join, joining the house of black yes so they would only been teasing it for like about two months yeah um and I, I i feel like god uh, you know it, it I, not that i'm i'm not like a uh anti brian pillman jr or griff garrison but she's got to feel grateful that she's out of that group yeah you know i feel like i mean they had a little bit of opportunity with uh, Brian with Brian Pillman Jr. to do something a little more when um, I think when he uh, when he had the stuff with MJF and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not saying he would have come out of that match like or out of that feud like quote unquote winning it, but I, it. It felt like it was sort of a missed opportunity in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the other thing is, though, out of it, like, I I want to like him. Um, and maybe some of that is out of, like, who his dad was. And, I mean, I enjoyed, I mean, we, we enjoyed Brian Pillman for a, while, a long time. And, uh, but I think as far as, like, I mean, his mic skills and presence and all of that he's got a ways to go definitely um and i think that was the thing that you know in ring it looks good you know i mean he's he's decent you know uh but on the mic it was just a, a he was going against mjf and i mean he was just like uh like verbally eviscerated like i mean it was just yeah <laughs> I I think people after that were just like all right, like yeah. you know here here's this team that are playing like uh, you know pretty much like college jocks like I, I mean yeah yeah with like a cutesy uh, cheerleader yeah and who knows I mean Julia Hart I mean she might she might become like the uh, the Shawn Michaels out of that team compared to Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. becoming the Marty Jannetty of that team. 
Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, given the pedigree of the people that she's going to be aligned with, if she gleams anything off of those three guys, I mean, uh, you could say what you want about, you know, Brody King, but man, I mean, Alistair Black and uh, uh, Buddy Matthews, it should, she should just be able to like learn so much from just being around those two. Yeah, I mean, I'd hope so, and I'd I'd hope for you know some like continuation and like you know uh, development around feuds for them. Would it would have it been too on point if uh, Abaddon would have been the one to join the House of Black? Yeah, I mean, she's already <laughs> there. I mean, I kind of like the idea of like uh, them sort of turning someone, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Even though, I love yeah, it though. Like, I mean, uh, stay away from that uh, mist because she barely got hit with it, and uh, uh, she had a full, like, uh, you know, full turn. Like people have gotten Arnie Anderson and got uh, sprayed on the top of his head, and uh, and you know he didn't turn. I'm surprised he didn't grow some hair. Maybe It'd be like yeah. the Rampo Peel spray. I know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should get him to spray my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I guess we'll, I mean, again, see where it goes with it. Um, I mean, they'll probably have some sort of rematch or something again, and, uh, you know, and they'll, uh, just kind of feed, uh, the varsity blondes to, um, yeah. to them. And maybe there'll be some sort of heel turn or something. Maybe Brian Pillman, uh, you know, maybe he goes all loose cannon on uh, Griff Garrison. He should face uh, maybe uh, Tony Khan in a match and go, I respect you, Booker Man. <laughs> it's a, uh eight ball on a pole match uh, with Tony Khan. Oh, geez. <laughs> wow. Uh, so next up. Look at pal. Oh, that's some good shit. Vince Russo pokes his head around the corner. Somebody say on a pole? <laughs> Bro. Uh, boy. Uh, next up. I sidetracked us. Um, next up, <laughs> we had the finals of the Owen Hart uh, Foundation Tournament. So we had the we, we had uh, Adam Cole facing off against Samoa Joe. Mm. And then uh, Ruby Soho facing off against uh, Dr. Britt Baker, D.M.D. Yes, we did the point thing yeah. for those listening to an audio podcast. You kind of have to. If you're listening to this and you didn't do the point thing when we said her name, then you fail. Well, rewind it. You get another chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. please be kind. Rewind and try it again. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I kind of grouped those two matches together because they're kind of linked in a way. And, yeah. Um, so it was um, Team Pink and Black. Yep, versus, versus Team, team Black, Black and Green. And green. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean... You you see Adam Cole come out for the first the first match of the the finals right and he's I'm like oh he's wearing he's wearing pink and black that's kind of neat 
I'm like, oh, I wonder if Joe's going to have his shorts on and they're going to be pink and black. Nope. Oh, no. He comes out and it's green and black. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, like he's like the large Samoan cousin of the hybrid uh, 2.0 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hybrid hybrid 2. Yeah. Like he ate Jack Evans. And that's why Jack Evans is no longer in the company. Because Samoa Joe got a little hungry. Got a little him, hangry. Him and Johnny Hungy got hungry. Uh, and I'm like, all right. That's like, are they really foreshadowing who's going to win this thing by the gear? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And that match was good. Up until this point, I mean, it was my favorite match on the on the card. Uh, I I I thought it was good. I thought both of them meshed really well. The finish I found flat. It was it, a little like sudden and really unexpected for like somebody where Joe is as tough as he is to lose how he did, I was a little shocked. Like, I was like, oh. Uh, it was oh. anticlimactic. And, I was like, and that's okay. what I mean by, like, flat and just yeah. kind of, it wasn't a good finish. I mean, the rest of the match I thought was very good, but then that happened, and I was just like, I, I was just like, huh, that's it? And it's not, to, again, it's not to say there's a balance between, like, having that and having a decisive finish and then like, you know, 50 false finishes and people no selling like finishers or moves that should be finishers and, you know, 12 kickouts out of a muscle buster and all of the, you yeah. know, hey, I there's mean, something to be said for balance yeah. between those two. Yeah. But, and then what we got, which was, that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Cole hit him with the knee and got the pinfall. The knee's his finisher, right? I mean... Yeah, he did. It just kind of came out of nowhere in a sense. Yeah, like, yeah. It sort of felt like there wasn't like this... Like, like build, build to the, the to the climax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be like if, like... Uh, I don't know. It, it'd be like if, like... I'm not saying that they're on this level, but like if Hulk Hogan hits somebody with a punch, you know, five minutes in, then hit the leg drop, one, two, three, and it'd be like, wait, wait, what the hell? What happened to like the, you know, the punch, the big boot, and then the leg drop? You know what I mean? Like what, what mm-hmm. happened to the rest of it? Right. Um, you know. Or if it were like Bret Hart, like, oh, he just locks on the sharpshooter without doing like the side Russian leg sweep, the, uh, you know, or the, the you know, the uh, back body drop, leg sweep, uh, elbow off the second rope, you know, and, and, and doing some of that lead in. Um, it just felt like it was just out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Agreed. But I otherwise thought, like the like I said, I thought the match was was good, and up until this point, it was probably the one that I kind of like enjoyed the most. Right, I'd agree. Um, so they immediately go into 
the next match, which is the fi- the women's final for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, uh, which was uh, Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D, versus Ruby Soho. And Soho, or Dr. Britt Baker comes out, and she's wearing the pink and black. Yes. And she's uh, actually brought out to the ring with by uh, playing her song, uh, Rich Ward from Fozzie, right? Yep. And uh sounded pretty good. It was all right. Um, I think he's been on before doing the same thing. Oh. I think. Play I, somebody else out or play her out? Played her out. Okay. At a different event, uh, if I remember correctly. Now, Soho, though, comes out next. Not to be outdone. And she's wearing the black and green again. And I'm like, (laughs) I kind of looked sideways at it and went, huh, mm, okay. And uh, she's played out. Has anybody checked on the status of Angelico? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can get to uh, Andrade Family Office if you want. Oh, no. Yeah, not yet. We can. Okay. And she's played out by the entire band Rancid. Yeah. Which I didn't really feel like their their version of the song was good. It sounded horrible. Yeah, I don't know if it was... Um, oh, my God. Uh, uh, this is my brutality horrible. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't uh, that bad. For, um, why, why am I blanking on her name? <laughs> Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Um, this, is my, I, this is my brutality. Yeah. I, I don't my... think it was, I don't think it was that bad, but uh, this was pretty freaking awful. Yeah. Um, the match, I thought this one was. It was okay. I think, again, I think we've talked about it maybe on pod, off pod, or whatever. Um, I'm not fully into Ruby Soho. I I just I don't find her all that good. Like, uh, I mean, for, by and large. I, so this was probably one of her matches that I maybe enjoyed more than others uh, that I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was fine. Uh, I, again, I mean, to kind of go back, she, <laughs> Brits wearing the pink and the black, or I think I think it was pink and black. I know, like, uh, Adam also had, like, some uh, white in his outfit, too. So, um, As uh, soon as she came out in the pink and black, I'm like, oh, come on, she's winning. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, and then like they're both in it. They're a real life couple and yeah. all of that. So it was sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like this is a foregone conclusion about who's going to win. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe they could have done something different, you know, with their, the, you know, the gear. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know if it, it, if it was purposeful. I mean, it strikes me as incredibly purposeful that Joe and, uh, Ruby, we're both in black and green. Yeah. 
and I don't know what the black and green thing is. Like, what, why, or, or what? Yeah. Or if it's just a wild coincidence, and they both showed up, and, like, I could see it backstage, and, like, Ruby's looking at Joe, and she's like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you and I show up somewhere, and we're wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what so, you thought of that match, though. Yeah, it was good. Uh, th- it was one where actually no finisher. Uh, it was actually one with no finisher in the match, but like just a quick roll up, mm-hmm. uh, like a surprise roll up, which I didn't have an issue with that. Uh, I got to say something though, and I mean we we haven't talked about this yet, but I figured. Uh, Right as we're finishing up the finals of the Owen Hart um, Foundation Tournament, what a better spot to talk about uh, the massive failure on a lot of wrestlers' uh, parts to be able to administer a proper sharpshooter. Yeah. This entire event, there was like one one instance in the the entire card where – it was, was CM, it was CM Punk put on a semi-decent sharpshooter. Right. Every other sharpshooter or even Texas Cloverleaf was horrible. Like every leg lock submission was awful. There, there was a, yeah. um, no, there was figure fours that were put on. Um, or Well, yeah, I mean, there was a figure four. Okay, well... Any stand, let's let's rephrase this. Any standing leg lock submission was just not well done on this entire card, and it got to where I mean it was almost like a running joke because I was like, okay, who's gonna try it next? And they failed. And okay, oh, they're gonna go for it. Let's see if they get. And they failed. I want to uh, say I think Jericho may have used um, the walls of Jericho at one point. And he did okay with that. I think tried it on a table, didn't he? And they kind of fell through. Yeah, I think. Oh, I thought right he tried on. it one other instance, though, and it was okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, what, yeah I think he did, yeah. It was, um, kind of, it was funny. It just became a running joke after a while, like while we were watching this thing. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like, you know, it, it even says, even though... Like some of the matches like improved from that first hour. Um it's just for me for this event, it was kind of a telling of event when we're talking about like things being botched or kind of not done well or whatever. Like that was sort of for me kind of recurring for other aspects of this throughout the night or other botches and other stuff. Like um and maybe we you know we'll give some final thoughts on the event but i i found that things like that stood out to me more than some of the matches even some of the ones that were fine or good or really good like i you know come away from this kind of thinking more about like man the, yeah the sharpshooters or oh yeah jade and whatever yeah, they had a bad match or oh the hardies you know like I, I'm more so stepping away from it, thinking about those things. So, sure. um, yeah, yeah, but I agree. And it, so, I mean, the 
ending of this match kind of led into like the presentation and with Martha Hart coming out. Who uh, apparently thought she was at the Kentucky Derby. Yes. Um, her, I, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to like be mean spirited. I'm really not. Um, I get she could be very, you know, emotional too. So I'm trying to like get, uh, understand that. I, I found like the speech a little odd. Um, Okay. It wasn't just me. No, it was a bit weird. It like, I just found it weird and a little rambly. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure where she was going with it. Um, and I found it, I like, if I, I mean, it's, it could just be quirky. Uh, but I was also trying to understand, like, you know, she's giving a speech for a, you know, uh, well, two tournaments, basically, men's and women's, honoring her husband. Like, and she really hasn't had a platform like this to, like, speak about, you know, or speak out, uh, you know, really ever that, you know, she's felt comfortable. There was the dark side of the ring stuff and she's had that, but to really like maybe a platform, not to, you know, necessarily just focus on the negative of, of, you know, something very tragic, uh, but to try to, you know, speak about something that was like honoring Owen Hart. And so I, I, I try to be, you know, empathetic around that. You know, but it, it, I guess, I mean, it doesn't necessarily take away that, like, it, it, a little, little odd. Maybe she's uncomfortable, uh, with it, you know, with it and speaking it in that capacity. Um, but I will say, I mean, some positives though. Uh, those, the belts looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Uh, the trophy was very nice. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, she did She did seem very much, you know, like kind of happy to, you know, be there and like, you know, that they, uh, you know, that they are in a way trying to positively honor her, you know, honor her husband. And I think that's, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing. I mean, some of the decisions and some of the matches and stuff I kind of question along the way, but the overall, like the theme and the, you know, the idea behind this, these tournaments, I thought was nice. Yeah. 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 I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. Um, yeah. I mean, the speech, like you said, could have been a little shorter and just more concise, but give her the time. I mean, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, so next up, whew, man, this is, this card just keeps going, right? So, Next up, we had um, America's top team, uh, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zandt uh, versus Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. And if uh, America's top team won, uh, neither uh, Kazarian or Guevara would be allowed to uh, contend for the title as long as Sky was the champion. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, you were, you were talking earlier about builds um, to match to some of the matches. And th- this, I mean, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you're looking at it, had probably one of the bigger builds. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I liked some of what they did, again, but, like, 
there's a lot of question that we've had and we've talked about this quite a bit as far as who's heel and who's face in this. Uh, the good thing is, is with uh, top team winning, um, it kind of sounds like it puts a nail in the Sammy and Ty versus top team feud. Yeah. At least as far as the TNT championship goes, but I'm hoping that puts a nail in that feud. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm hoping so as well. Uh, it, it, and as we and I get the connection with Kazarian, but it was almost sort of like, oh well, we can throw Kazarian in on this too, uh, because of the sure. connection with Sky. Like I understand the logic behind it, but it almost mm-hmm. seemed like it was a little bit like, okay, let's quit qu- quickly so we can have like a six man uh, or six person tag. Um, almost because they wanted to have Paige Van Zant in in it as well. Yeah, and then also Ethan Page in it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The match itself. I mean, I mean, I I think like Van Zant probably needs some, you know, needs some work. Um, just in terms of like pro re- like pro wrestling and whatnot. Um, there was some. It's I mean, interestingly, I mean. I think one of those moments that wound up really popping the crowd uh, was Guevara accidentally super kicking Ty. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that was that was probably yeah. I think that even got us a, got a reaction from us at your house, like yeah. from uh, myself, Matt, you, and Dad. Like I think, like uh, we all got a kick out of that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was good. It Ty. was. Um, it was so well placed. I mean, it was just it worked so well in the match. It did, and and, and the wit, the characters, and everything. It, I, I, they're those people that you really love to hate it, it as far as their characters go. Yeah, and I mean, I know they're ramping it up a lot for this. Yeah. Oh well, the constant, the making out. I mean, yeah. with the tongues going at it, and like, uh, I mean, <laughs> she dressed up like Maleficent. I don't know. I don't know who Sammy was dressed up as, but wearing a cape with like feathers. Her, her costume was on point, though. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, great. I I, and I mean, they were kind of matching in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked but, um, the conflict of Kazarian in this. Because, I mean, he didn't want to lose the opportunity to try and challenge for the title. So, yeah. like, we questioned it. I, 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 I was kind of thinking about it, like, when I was reading off the match and about him losing the opportunity to challenge again for the title. And that you remember, like he kind of walked away from the match for a, a, a few seconds, and I realized that was like, and then he got back into the ring and got back into the match. It's because he didn't want to lose any future opportunities to to contend for the title. He had he had a stake in the match. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. thinking about it, hindsight wise, it made sense for him not to totally give up. In the moment of watching the match, I agree. Uh, in the moment of watching it, I was like questioning. I was like, why? And maybe that's just the thing of trying to like maybe a better job of reinforcing that. 
right um that they could have done or revisited like because i found myself on sunday as we were watching it like well wait a minute he's like left it like why the hell is he going back in and helping and uh you know now that we kind of have this like we okay there were stakes involved for him to yeah like shivani or somebody should say well he doesn't want to lose his opportunity to challenge for that title right right that's, that's all that needed to be said if they would have said that at that point i would have been like oh okay that's why right uh, yeah like it, i I don't know if, I mean, I imagine like Justin Roberts said something at the beginning of the match or maybe oh, yeah, it was as, as it was promoted, yeah. um, you know, but again, I mean, think about, <clears throat> I mean, what they, uh, they threw this match on basically on Friday, right? When they went to the top team compound or whatever the hell you call it and mm-hmm. smashed the trophy case. Like, and, and and the match was sort of like, okay, uh, here we go for uh, Sunday. It's like, oh my God, like another yeah. one. Um, which is sort of new, like it, the match was coming, but I'm saying with like the, like the, um, the conditions and everything and all of that, it's it, like didn't have time to like permeate and sort of like marinate. Um, it, so... Uh, yeah, this one, I, 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 I think if for anything, I was entertained by like that, those couple of those couple of aspects there. And I'm, I'm glad that it sort of put like a final, like you said, a nail in this, in this feud and hopefully like maybe Sammy and Ty go and become more definitive heels. Yeah. So next up was uh, Darby Allen facing off against Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I, I had a lot of high hopes for this match, given I, I really do enjoy both of these guys. I, I, I'm trying to think of how to word this. I mean, I, I, I feel like um, the match kind of um, hit a bit of a stumbling block right at the beginning, and no pun intended, uh, oh, based God. on what happened later. Because I think Ellen got like knock silly right at the beginning of the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that he was took a pretty, point. yeah, he took a pretty vicious knee to the head, and I think that affected the rest of the match. I mean, they did what they could, and I think O'Reilly kind of, kind of did similar to like what the Bucks did earlier in the night, and kind of worked through the match and got. Darby through this match as good as he could. Uh, there was one other spot that was really like ugly, and I just, I mean, we all cringed when it happened. It was when he attempted to do like his dive through the ropes. Yeah. And Liz was asking me earlier uh, this evening, she actually asked me, like, she's like, hey, there was one time when you all reacted to something, you all just went, oh. And I was like, oh, it's probably during the Darby match. Cause he, and I described the, like the move to her. She's like, oh yeah, that would have been probably bad. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was just, and you could tell like the fact that the ref immediately went out to check on him. That, yeah. 
that was like a crash and burn situation and they weren't sure what that was going to happen next. And he like propels himself like with such velocity, like it's just uh and, and it's a good thing because I mean he's a smaller guy, but yeah. you know, he like hits his stuff looking like he's really laying it in. And but at the same time, like he how he dove out and I guess, I mean, what did his feet clip the rope or something? Like do you, how he just landed. I mean, it was that with that force, it was just, it looked, it really looked bad. And I thought they might have to call the match there. Um, I was almost going to describe him as like a, a kamikaze pilot. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, I, the match was Fine to me. I, I, you know, I like both of the, these guys too. You know, I, I thought they worked pretty well together. I would have liked to have seen something maybe where there wasn't like, you know, obviously not that going on that goes without saying. You don't want to see anybody uh, uh, get hurt or the further be stumbling blocks like that. Uh, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing them wrestle again. This one, it kind of like started to get to that point in the evening. Even this, I was kind of like looking and I'm like, okay, Jesus, we've got four matches left to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one could have been maybe done on an episode of Dynamite. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree. And this was another one like the the previous match where they kind of just threw it together at the last second. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't on the card for very long. Like they added it like at the end of last week. So... That kind of tells you. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of build or anything to it. I mean, given that both of these guys were in the uh, Owen Hart tournament, uh, that uh, that's the reason why there wasn't a, a ton of build uh, for yeah. it. I think. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, they did the you know he took out Sting, Kyle took out Sting, so there was some right. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like it was kind of they were in the tournament, they're out of it. And and here we are. Uh, but uh, same thing. I mean, even regardless, I feel like okay, they could have just done this on an episode on you know on Wednesday. Like, didn't need to be. You know, like Tony Wednesday. Khan is uh, like the uh, fairy godmother of wrestling. <laughs> He's like, put them together, and here's what you got. <laughs> yeah. That's all he does, I think, is just like, yeah, just put them together and you're right. Next, next pay per view, <laughs> not not horrible, but like uh, I think some of the some of the things that happened with uh, Darby maybe uh, put like a little bit of a damper on that one. Sure, maybe hindered it a bit. Yeah. Um. So the next match was for the AEW Women's Championship, and it was uh, Thunder Rosa. The champion. Mm -hmm. I can't roll my R's, so um, I'm not Justin Roberts by any stretch of the imagination. No, neither uh, versus, I can't do it. Uh, versus Serena Deeb. And uh, other than the Wardlow and MJF match, and uh, what was the other one that I mentioned earlier? The, uh, oh, the uh, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti, um, 
and uh, Frankie Kazarian match. And I would say, actually, I mean, and the, the House of Black and Death Triangle. I felt like this match actually had a longer build to it than mostly everything else on the card. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was one of the ones that actually had a bit of a longer build. Regardless of what you actually thought about the build and how it was presented, it did have a little bit of a longer build than a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, my issue with it is like, I mean, Thunder Rosa hasn't really been presented a ton on, on television since winning the title. Like, I, I mean, it's been kind of very limited basis. Um, Do you I, think that's an issue with their programming? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I mean, the, I mean it's if you think about this, if you, if you use it, like when you compare it to, well, we're, we're going to get to the main event, but I think you could almost say the same about Adam page. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even even bigger than like with Paige, like yeah, he wasn't really he at points wasn't necessarily on TV after first winning the belt. I mean, he's had more title defenses and whatnot than Thunder Rosa, but had been on TV more. This is a this is a larger issue of like where they have their women's division. Um and I, th I think we've spoken about it, like, uh, you know, that I, I don't think they, they don't seem to prioritize it uh, too well. Um, and it followed some of the same formula, like the, you know, the women will very frequently get like a, possibly a single spot on Dynamite for a few minutes. And that's it. Um, it's maybe improved a little bit. Uh, since like the start of of uh, AEW, but I find that it's still it's la it's lackluster in that way, um, and not not speaking necessarily to some of the talent, they've improved their talent pool a bit uh, with the women. Um, some I again I think like we've talked about still have a hell of a lot long way to go. Um, but what they're, what they're doing and that, you know, even like featuring or, or giving some opportunity to it, they're, they're not, they're not there. Um, I mean, how they're, they're not there, uh, you know, even, uh, when compared to like WWE, um, it, 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 any, anywhere within WWE system, like any other shows, like they still got a long way to go as far as like the presentation with their women. But this was actually, I mean, in terms of this match, I felt like this was probably, I, I would say my, maybe like my match, uh, match of the night. I, I thought this was, uh, I thought this was pretty, uh, pretty solid all around. Yeah, I mean, both of these ladies can definitely go. Yeah, I mean, Serena Deeb's been around for a long time, and she it shows. She knows how to work. Uh, she's she's great in the ring. I like the character. I like the heel character on her. It works yeah. well. She she it just it just works really well for who she is and how she plays it. It it just it, it yeah. works so well given how she you know, how she herself. how she carries it carries herself. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Uh, yeah. It's it, it it's remarkable. Um, 
Thunder Rosa, I really like. I think she's really endearing to the fans, and I think they really like her and get behind her. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the build could have used a little bit more, but I, I, as far as like the promo work and stuff goes, but the the payoff was the in ring work between the two. It was great. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And I, I could see I would uh, I wouldn't have a problem like seeing a bit more uh, from this, but you know it again it started to kind of get to that place where yes I was still able to enjoy this, but it was st- it was sort of getting towards that part of the evening where it was like okay, again questioning like as each match kind of came along I'm like how much longer have we got. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the shank of the evening, if you yeah, will. The shank of the evening here. Um, um, but I thought the, I the only saving was is this was the Sunday before Memorial Day, and we were all off on Memorial Day. Yeah, so that's the upside to it. Yeah. Um, I've seen like even the you know, and this is this is something I'll just drop it in since we're talking about it here. But like the length of this event. And I've seen some people say, well, well, they only have four throughout the year. And like, uh, you know, there's no, not a problem. Like why complain about like the length of the event? I'm like, there's really only so much that I think people could stand before, like they start to get like exhausted with it. Um, you know, there, there are some things that I could tolerate, like, uh, you know, being that long, like maybe like a long concert or whatever. Um, it, it, and I get like maybe being, being there is a little bit of a different story, but you know, you could even see at points like exhaustion kind of setting in for some. And I mean, I know I was getting there on Sunday, like just watching this thing. It, 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 it makes it a little bit more palatable. I feel like if it if it does um, fall like where they they have it like the weekend of a holiday and like you have all yeah. the next day. So like I know the one event they have is uh, Labor Day weekend. Typically, I think it might be all in. Mm-hmm. Maybe what that whatever one they they do in Chicago every year, like on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. That that's also good, you know. But maybe consider the other two or whatever that they have. Why not think about maybe doing them on a Saturday night? Yeah, that makes it a little bit better. Like as far as you know, you don't feel so bad. And yeah, I know some people are like, "Well, I don't want to sit around and watch this on a Saturday night. I'd rather watch it." Well, it's like you know, well. You know, you, they, they, they plan these things out so far in advance, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got the I, option. I, I mean, uh, like, you know, yeah, you got the option. Or just in a similar way, yeah, we've got the option to not watch it all in one shot. But it, I mean, to, like, not watch it at, at once. I, I feel like a sweet spot is about three, three and a half hours. Um yeah. I feel like that's fine for a wrestling show. You go much beyond that. It's, it's hard. And I mean, we've run into that with WWE. They've gotten a little bit, they've gotten a bit better with that of late and, you know, paring down, uh, well, putting uh mania two nights 
Um, if they're going to do all the rigmarole and all the, uh, you know, video packages and highlights and all of that stuff, and they're still going to do the same hoopla that they normally do, then, okay, the two nights is fine. Uh, but their other events are clocking in now at like a more reasonable three-ish hours. Right. Um, and, and I feel like, hey, not everybody has to be on the card. Like, that's the thing that I think like AEW is is doing and Tony Khan's doing is trying like, well, we got to get everybody or as many as we can on on these cards. Yeah, I mean, this was 13 matches. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot to digest. Across basically five and a half hours. Yeah. That's a lot. And yeah. It, it, that, that the sad thing is, is that it gets you to, like, it gets you to a match like this, which was great, but you're kind of just... After a while, you're just kind of like, uh, okay, how many do we have left? What are what are the next matches? Da, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it might take away from those later matches if you're already feeling that fatigue, you know, from everything you've watched up to that. Sure. Well, I even found like I'm like, watching the clock a little bit more not that they sure. had anywhere to go or anything else to do but just like just purely out of like oh how yeah. long you know so i yeah i mean it's kind of what i wound up feeling like at this both at this point and then by the time the end of the main event wrapped i was like good god this was so long. Um, Good God! Yeah. Um, but it, it yeah, I mean, it sounds like we both liked, uh, you know, around the home stretch, but we both liked uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. Uh, so then we move on to the uh, Anarchy in the Arena match, um, which, <laughs> looking at the Wikipedia, even speaking to the length of the event, this thing rolls up. And clocks in at like nearly 23 minutes. They packed a lot into that 23 minutes. This may surprise you a little bit. I was more entertained by this than what I thought I was going to be. Um, uh, they I put on a good show. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I I still don't mind. I'm not in a place of like, okay, I now suddenly hate like every like, you know, uh, uh, hardcore match or whatever. Um, but this is what it was. It was sort of like marketed as it. It was like, okay, anarchy. What does that mean? Okay, all over the arena. Fine. Like a big, big brawl. Um, it didn't necessarily break any new ground with anything. People went through tables. There was use of weapons. Like, um, there was a cool visual of Eddie Kingston walking out looking like a zombie. Yeah. Um, I like um, I like the spot with the music uh, playing. Uh, um, not I, know, I think you said it, and I saw other people, and I think Jericho said it was kind of like uh, in tribute to... Um, New Jack. 
New Jack, yeah. Yeah. It was homage to New Jack, but I liked what they did. Um I liked what they did with it where it then became a a spot in the match where uh he destroyed the soundboard. Yeah. It was good. It was it was a nice it was a nice moment. Like I was like, oh, this is a new jack thing. And but then like that they fit it into the context of the match too. Like it just wasn't the music play, but then they fit fit in him destroying the soundboard was great as well. Yeah. So, so it was decent. I mean, it, you know, it was big bloody brawl and everything. And then there was a conflict towards the end and uh, Kingston wanted to use gasoline on uh, Jericho. What's funny is this like, he goes to pour on Jericho, but Brian is underneath, sort of underneath Jericho, I think. Yeah. Or some some hold or submission, I forget what. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he winds up putting the, uh, pouring the uh, quote-unquote gasoline also on Brian. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, that didn't go anywhere, so they got into the scuffle. It, it, it led to the you know them uh, them uh, having conflict and then like uh, the Jericho uh, Appreciation Society winning the whole winning the whole thing because uh, then Danielson got like uh, singled out basically and uh, wound up uh, passing out. I think uh, yeah they just called the match essentially. Singled out was Jenny McCarthy there? Yeah, and Chris Hardwick. And Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. it. It was fun. At some point, I don't remember what, what match it was after or whatever, but we did get the other debut that I wanted to mention it uh, was the, uh, uh, like, a promo uh, vignette with uh, Andrade where he basically called the Andrade family office a bunch of losers. Yeah. And brought in his new signing who he basically said that like it was going to be like a new era and they were going to be so much better and that this was a huge signing and a, one of the biggest signings in the world and out comes out or through the office door comes Roosh to which Rush Roosh Roosh spelled Rush okay. Roosh uh which at when he walks through the door, both you and Matt go, who the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it elicited a uh, response from us, and and I'm sure other people, too. Yeah. Watching it, I mean, to be fair, like, again. I mean, if you're not huge into Ring of Honor, you may not know who Roosh is. Yeah. Or if you haven't again, seen Ring of Honor in a while, I mean. Yeah. And it's like one of those things, like is, is like they, and it's one of the things that you've all, always talked about is they assume that you're a fan of this, that, or the other thing, and that you're going to know who this person is. Yep. And, and it's sometimes it's to their detriment. Yeah. So I mean, what do we what do we get now? You know, in this to explain who this guy is. Tony Khan owns the tape library, right? Like there's opportunity here to give us some, an idea of who Roosh is, what he does, what he's like, showing some clips, showing some things like, 
He's supposed to be one of the best. Like, let's get, give your audience something to kind of like develop that a bit. And I, I'm, I'm going to have my, I'm going to have my skepticism until they, until they do that. And then if they don't, I'm going to be like, all right, they're at it again. Yeah, it really should be like they they show like a highlight video on yeah. Dynamite um, to just preview who he is. Just two minutes of just like him doing every move that he has in his arsenal. Yeah, give a couple minutes, like you know, run down his accolades and kind of in some way, and like you know whether whether he was this or not, like you know. Uh, three-time Cole holder of the ROH Tag Team Championship, uh, two-time ROH World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, what, what's one of their other ones? Television type, you know, run, run down like some accolades or whatever, whether those were true or not. Obviously, I don't know. Oh, uh, shit. But, I thought you were reading that off of something. No, no, shit. no, I wasn't. Um, I was like, that'd be that's impressive. <laughs> It'd be weird if I guessed correctly on any of that. Uh, but well, I know like, he was the world champion, uh, the ROH cha- world champion at one so, point. You know, like run that down for people and then be like, you know, he's defeated the likes of, you know, Jay Lethal and and Mark Briscoe and da 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 da, you know, and, and give like some context or whatever. But, you know, I do I think that they'll do that? No, I've grown to be skeptical because that they've, not done that. This before. is one guy that they could actually show his past accolades. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like they, if, if uh, you know, like they bring in Athena, aka Ember Moon, they really can't show anything of her past five years. Yeah, uh, go back and show stuff. I mean, like, you know, I mean, okay, it was nice. You know, I mean, the, it was nice and like, uh, and it's what they could show or whatever. But like. Uh, for the Owen Hart tournament matches, they showed stuff from like New Japan. Like, okay, they could show maybe something if they were able to access footage from like another independent or from New mm-hmm. Japan or somewhere else. You know, they they uh, have footage of this guy they could use. Yeah, and, and in this case, in the case of Roosh, they do have that. So there's no real excuse of why they can't put together something. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and even even for that matter, like even if you know you are introducing, you could still put together like some vignette hype package type stuff to give a sense of like who someone is, you know. And and I mean, over the years we've seen classic vignettes uh, introducing characters and uh, you know new characters and stuff. Uh, even if it was established that okay, okay, we've seen those uh, seen these guys elsewhere. We, you know, they're 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 kind of uh, hitting the hitting the reset button here and and introducing them as something new or someone new. Um, but we'll see where it goes with Roosh, and and, and I I do hope that they do that because uh, now that now they can do a lot more. Um, to to give us uh, a sense of who he is. Yeah. All right. So the next match up was the three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. 
between Jurassic Express, the champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and Team Taz of Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Yeah. Um, I I like this one more than I thought I would just because I like uh thought like okay, multi-team match. I was like, I you know know how this is gonna go. But I did like this a bit more than I thought I was going to. A big a big piece of this for me that like and I mean I've already talked how much I, I do enjoy them. Um but just further cemented to me is that like uh, Ricky Starks is like a, is a star. Um, yeah. I, I think that he is a guy that no matter what he is doing or a position or where he's at, or if he's on commentary or he's just coming out to the ring or whatever. And they're not over the top. When I say like he's making faces like, <laughs> They're not over the top or ridiculous or stupid looking faces. It he is reacting and this guy just like oozes charisma. He um, oozes machismo. <laughs> and I I I just really uh I really enjoy him. And I, you know, and, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, when he walked across the ropes there, the top rope, and he was like strutting and whatnot. Like, it was great. Like, even just, like, what he was doing, like, facially with that. And even when he got crotched on the top rope there, like, his reaction to that was so good. Um, I just, I hope that he starts to get used a little bit more uh, because I, I think that he is somewhat underutilized. Him and and Powerhouse Sobs. Um, I, I hope that they at some point, like either a tag run or maybe something more for, for them. Cause I think both of those guys are really very, very talented and uh, everybody else generally looked, uh, looked good in this. Uh, so I, I didn't have necessarily a, a you know, a, a problem with this being like a multi-team match. Um, but again, if anything, if it suffered from anything, it was being the next to last match in an already long card. And again, some of that clock watching. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree with basically everything you said about it. I like I like the match, but it suffers from being at like hour four yeah. of the event. Final match of the night was uh, the AEW World Championship match between the champion, Hangman Adam Page, uh, versus the challenger, CM Punk. You know, I I didn't have any issues with the match. I thought it was good. Um, I think it was really telling, though, uh, that the crowd was not into either guy. Yeah. It, at times, it sounded like the entire crowd was booing both guys. That's what it seemed like to me as well. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to say it was 50-50. I didn't get that feel at all. I felt like they didn't like either either competitor equally, um, which is probably not the greatest thing in the world uh, to hear, uh, you know, because... I mean, the, the way this was being built was that, I mean, they were trying to get 
Adam Page across as like the heel in this match in some respects, I feel. Um, and I don't know that that necessarily worked because there was a lot of people that were hating on Punk. And I mean, maybe some of those people were also like kind of like getting the message that of like what Adam Page was saying. But it, it, it was kind of odd in that sense. I, I I don't know. I I I liked the match, but I I kind of didn't like the crowd for the match. Yeah, um, uh, I agree about the crowd. Um, I mean, this one <laughs> kind of a combination of things for me. Like the build, I thought was not really all that good. Page, I could see. I mean, again, why they took the title off of him. I mean, it was kind of presented as boring. Doll, I mean, I think some of the crowd, some of their audience has been like kind of tuning out to him. Um, yeah, I know. think everything that everything that that built to him winning the championship was lost when he got the championship. Yeah, when you know when, uh, like, go back to the point where he came out at that ladder match. Um, and the response to him at that point, everything that they had for that guy from the moment after I completely agree with you after winning the title, like dropped off like a, like a sack of bricks. I mean, it just like, it fell and it fell quickly. I, he just like his presentation and some of it, he, he had points spoke with some intensity and some seriousness, but otherwise, like some of just like how he comes out is just dull and and boring. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. It 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 just did not work for well for me with him. But um, yeah, I uh, th- this was okay. I don't think either guy's best performance. Um, I don't know if it was just he was trying to sell or if it, they were just botched and like the when Punk went for like the I think the buckshot twice and like kind of mm. buckled. I, it, there were some other spots that were just sort of sloppy, but even then the match and whether again like the 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 build combined with like the time of it, the length and the you know being the main event of a very long night and where the crowd was at with them, if that maybe all added up for me in sort of a perfect mix of like, eh, like not not horrible, not great, but maybe not the best performance either one of them has ever had. So I thought there were better matches on the card it seemed like they had to go the way of Punk winning. I I, I just didn't really necessarily see a way that Punk was going to make it out of this without the title. Agreed. It's unfortunate because I really did, I really did enjoy uh, the road to Paige winning the title. Yeah, I mean, there were points in it that, like, I mean, they, thankfully they were able to pick it back up. I mean, it, it is no fault, obviously. If it, I mean, he went out, what, I think because his wife was pregnant? Mm-hmm. 
So I feel like some of that momentum was a bit lost at that point. But of course, I mean, you know, life happens and he's, you know, a new dad and everything. So he deserves that time. Um, it was just, it, it, there were, there were points of that, that I was like, okay, well, they'd be, you know, be able to pick up with this guy and some of the, the things with him. And, uh, but I agree again, like I said, that like, from that ladder match on to him facing Omega, I think, you know, the fans were ready for it again. And they they hit it at the right time. But it was as, it was as, as, as quickly as from the point of him winning the ladder match, as quickly as it was between that point and him winning the title to that point to now, uh, it dropped for him and i and i honestly i wonder where it goes with this guy at this point that's a good Um, question what do you do with him at this point now that maybe fans are a bit kind of soured a little yeah i have no idea do you does he turn heel? Does he? I feel like they got a lot. They're heel heavy still, but like I, I, I don't know what you do with them. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a lot of good questions, Sean. I think, you know, the months going forward, we're, we'll maybe shed the light on some of the answers to those questions. Sure, sure. Yeah. But. I don't know, just some final thoughts, I guess, on this one. Um, I think between, like, build um, and, like, just matches overall and the event as a whole, I feel like this one kind of came off as maybe, like, their weakest effort to date on pay-per-view. There were some things that I liked, but even amongst those things that I liked... (laughs) I might have I wasn't totally wowed by them. Like there there were ones I was like, oh okay, like Joe and Cole uh was was good. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of that and I wanted to see an ending that kind of like like a ending to that match that made sense or that it made sense, but I wanted to see it be a little bit a bit more than what it was. So, uh, you know, when I say, like, I wasn't wowed, it was like, okay, I I could have used a little bit more of that and maybe, like, a bit less of some of these other matches that maybe could have just fit on a Dynamite or Rampage. Quite frankly, Jade, her match did not need to really be on the card. The the, fir- the first hour, I think, is the, the case in point of that, really. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say conceptually more of things like Joe and Cole and less of things like the Hardys and the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think the Bucks could have been maybe in a different match and it be a better match. Uh, just, and I know, I mean, you're not the biggest Bucks fan, but that, that was just really difficult to watch just because of, what we mentioned about the Hardys. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I don't speak too kindly of the box. We know that, but that wasn't even them. It wasn't even a box thing. This got this time around. 
Normally, yeah. I'm like, ugh, they're doing their Bucks thing. They bucked it up, and this it was more. It was more the Hardys. I mean, it it, it was, and that's sad to say. Um, yeah. uh, and you know, even O'Reilly and Darby, like you know, have that on a different show. Um, you could probably have trimmed off, yeah. you know, two or three matches or whatever off of this, and maybe even then decrease the time off, uh, maybe even off the anarchy match, like a trim four to five. That's one I think I would have kept as is, really. Um, but I mean, you trim out like a match like that O'Reilly Derby match and maybe have it be like a dynamite match or a rampage match, then I think that helps quite a bit. And then like you mentioned the Jade and Anna J match. I mean, with, with yeah. such a quick build to it and everything. Uh, and then, I mean, the Bucks and the Hardys had like a little bit of a build, but the concept of the Hardys being in a match like that is just rough to me just because of the shape yeah. that they're in. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, again, we're seeing first hour, but that includes MJF and Wardlow, and it's again that it's that conflicted thinking or thought about like, well, like I, I like the you know, I like that Wardlow got his you know, um, comeuppance against you know MJF. But I felt, I mean, the execution of the match itself, maybe I would have done a little differently. Um, You know, and and again, with not knowing full on if this is a, uh, you know, a quote-unquote shoot or a work, is some of that of what we wound up seeing is some of that sort of like a punishment thing. I mean... You know, people people like to think like, oh well, you know, like uh, uh, only uh, you know WWE would do something like that of like punishing or whatever. I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, uh, they they could have changed this on the fly very much and be like, all right, well, you're basically going to go out there and eat like ten power bombs, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I out of it, I'm curious where that's gonna go, but I agree. I think I, I think some of the things you could have really trimmed off of this and made it a bit more of a palatable event. And maybe I would have thought differently on some of the matches towards the uh at the end, maybe the, even the main event too. Yeah. Um yeah, possibly just because I mean you would have you wouldn't have felt so oversaturated, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. When you hear people say, well, what's the big deal? What's the big deal with this long of event? If you're getting to a place where, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only person, I'm not speaking alone on this, where you're checking your watch, you're checking the phone, you're you're like, Ugh, how much longer? And and knowing, I mean, we, we checked, we're like, okay, how many matches do we have left? Well, there's four. And like, a few minutes later after one ends, well, it hasn't changed at all, but the question is, it pops up again, well, how many matches? Uh, we're down to three, you know. Um, it, it's just, it's it's kind of ridiculous uh, uh, to have it that long. I, it, but, 
I, I don't see them necessarily changing that. Um, it, I don't see it happening. Um, but we'll see where they go. I mean, that's the thing about this like forbidden door thing. I'm just like, oh god, they're these these are gonna they're gonna have some long freaking matches on there, and probably a lot of them. Yeah. There's a there's a reason why uh, uh, New Japan changed Wrestle Kingdom to a two night event. Sure, sure. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I yeah. I mean, if I was going to give a rating to this one, I would maybe go uh, five and a half out of ten. Wow. Um, I thought you might be a little more uh, like kinder than me. I I'd. Uh, probably in that range five five and a half maybe yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that uh, just some of the some of the things that brought it down to me really like that hour that first hour was just tough it yeah. really was and that that takes the score down quite a bit yeah and, and it set the tone i think for some other things yeah um unfortunately it, it it resulted in like the the next bit of matches having to recover from that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and some of that could have been just the sequence of the matches that they laid out there were just maybe not the greatest. Yeah. I mean, maybe you put some of the other stuff on a little earlier. I mean, that that's the thing, is if, like, you had, well... Given given how the Hardys were in that match, if it if it was the Hardys and the Bucks and it was like five years ago, maybe you might have like a bit more of a high impact, high flying sure. kind of match, right? But given that uh, where the Hardys are at now, maybe you put the Death Triangle and House of Black match in that second spot, right? Yeah. Something that's a little more off, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the pacing and the uh, the the layout, yeah, I I, I could agree to that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that helps. Yeah, you know? or the um, the uh, triangle uh, tag team title match. Put that on second. That's going to be a match that's just going to be boom, 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 boom. You know, it, it's going to have that. Yeah, yeah, and you know. I, and I don't necessarily blame them from having a, what they had go on first to go on first. Um, because even the, just like the storyline wise, it was going to be that quote unquote hot opener. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, even with what it turned out to be, it was still going to generate that response of like the fans into sure. it. Um, it. Regardless of what I personally think of it, it, it you know, but I, I think to kind of follow along, you know, in that, like, um, that, that continuation of it, yeah, that, that would probably be a good idea of, like, a follow-up uh, match to keep that, you know, keep that energy going uh, to the start, you know, kind of following something of, like, that, uh, you know, what we, we see in, like, WCW in the 90s, uh, you know, of those, uh, you know, what they often put the cruiserweights on and the, at the the those beginning slots yeah. um to get, give you that high energy boost um 
and, and maybe they could, you know, done the same thing. Um, especially if they're going to stick to like 13 freaking matches on this thing. In WWF, they would have just put a tag team match on with uh, high energy. <laughs> but you said high energy boost. So I just yeah. thought about that. And Owen Hurt. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, you went high energy. I, I thought, I thought of high voltage. Danger, danger, high voltage. Yes. All right. Well, that being said, why don't we get out of here for tonight? This is a good episode. Good review of AEW. We'll be back very soon for our next episode. You know, and you can check out everything that we do over on our Facebook page and all that good stuff and our webpage and download those episodes, subscribe, do all that good stuff, you know, that we want you to do. Keep getting, keep sharing our page out. We like all those uh, Facebook likes. We don't care if we don't know who you are. We, we like the Facebook likes. It gives us a little little uh, ego boost. A little ego Ethan Page uh, ego boost. Yeah. 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 That goes out to you, Akir Meshahal or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, put up the name. I, I thought you were going to say Akira Tozawa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But... I was like, wait a minute. Oh, we got a wrestler that liked her page? That's yeah, nice. every time I go on and see like our uh, alerts of like who liked it, I'm like, can't pronounce that. <laughs> I, not, I think not really I think sure one, of them, real. one of them today was all right. Let me see if I can find yeah. my notifications. I thought I saw it here. Oh, oh no, never mind. <laughs> it was, uh, oh shit, it was Bedjdanch San Jose. <laughs> RJ Ichiro. Okay. On a, uh, I clicked off of it on accident. Uh, and two others. Who are the two others? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, welcome, Bednatch, uh, whatever, and RJ Ichiro. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, Sean, why don't you get us out of here for tonight? All right. The preceding podcast has been paid for by the Wrestling World Order. Let's go! Let's fucking go!